Welcome to the Christian Life Austin podcast. Today's sermon is entitled Anchored by Pastor Josh Reynolds. In this sermon, we will dive into God's Word and learn where to anchor our souls. And now, Pastor Josh. I'm going to preach and we're going to see God do something great. Amen? We must pay close attention, it says here in Hebrews chapter 2 and 1. We must pay close attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. We have to pay attention to what we have heard, so that we don't drift away. Away. The writer chooses a very interesting word in writing in this text, a warning to the people of Israel when he writes the word drift. Everybody say drift. drift. So to get a feel of what's happening in this text, before we just jump right in, I want to give you a little bit of a background of what's happening. The Hebrews, uh, up until this time, before becoming Jesus' followers, had grown up in the Jewish religion of Judaism And now they had heard of Jesus and they had begun to follow after Jesus and they found salvation only comes through Jesus. And now this was a huge, huge thing for them because so many of them could not live up to the rules, the regulations and all the things that came with the Judaism belief and requirements. And so this truth that they had come to know as Jesus, this one that they had come to find was the Messiah to take away the sins of the world world and that they had put their faith in, Uh, they become dependent in him and they found that their life would forever be changed. Now something is happening and the writer of Hebrews seems to pick up on this and he sniffs it out and he begins to write to them about they are looking back or drifting back into their dependence on their old religious rituals and traditions that they once held. And in fact, in Hebrews chapter number 1, and we didn't take time to look at that, but let me give you a little little heads up on what it says. There are some superstitions that the Hebrews are going back to. Uh, They were wildly respectful and some even worshipped angels. And the whole chapter, first chapter of Hebrews, the writer addresses this and he tells them about... Uh, there's one greater than the angels, and it's Jesus. He is superior to any angel that's ever existed or will exist. So Hebrews chapter 2 in the King James Version starts like this. Therefore, meaning in light of how you you are, are drifting from the gospel of Jesus, you guys are drifting from the good news that he brought you out of. Jesus being the Savior and the Redeemer of all mankind, he gives this warning in chapter 2, a warning not to go back, not to drift back, not to think back. They were drifting from a place of confidence in this extravagant grace that Jesus brought. They were drifting back from this extraordinary goodness that God had bestowed upon them. And that sounds kind of crazy for us to understand while someone would give up or return back to something so rigid and something so calloused and leave this extraordinary goodness and this extravagant grace that God had put on them. But in my opinion, one of the main things, one of the major reasons that we drift, many times that we drift, is because it just sounds too good to be true. 
Sometimes when I hear preaching and I read the Word of God, sometimes it hits my ears and I go, this is just way too good to be true. I just can't hardly grasp this. I can't hardly understand this. And I think we would all agree that sometimes when I hear somebody say, God loves you no matter what. He loves you like his own. He knows the hair on your head. He has them numbered. He knows where you are. He knows what you're going through. I have a hard time sometimes grabbing a hold of that because it sounds so good, too good, as a matter of fact, to be true. And so, as humans, what we do is, is we start dumbing it down so we can believe it. We start trying to uh, overcome it so we can grab a hold of it. And so, here's what we do. We start thinking in reason. We, hey, it ain't our fault. We're human. We only have a brain to think with. And, and we start trying to think in our human relationships, conditional, transactional, of, God, if I love you and I do right, then that means you love me back. But when I mess up or when I struggle or when I drop the ball, then you must not like me. For some of us, we have to deal with the idea of favor and a pastor that preaches about favor all the time. And Psalms 35 says this, His anger lasts for a moment, but His favor lasts a lifetime. And am I the only one in the room that goes, What? To me, it sounds like it should be just the opposite, that God is so mad all the time and his anger lasts forever because I keep messing up. And his favor just lasts for a hiccup, just a second. This can't be right. It's too good to be true. It sounds way too good to be true that his anger only lasts for a moment and that he is not over the things that I've messed up on. If I still remember the things of the past, if I still remember the times that I dropped the ball, then surely God does. Surely he's hanging out in my past. Surely he's hanging out back where I dropped or drifted back. Look at your neighbor and say, don't drift back. Tell them again. Tell somebody, don't drift back. Here's what I want to tell you tonight. Every person in here, hear me right now. Number one, the anchored soul will drift. The unanchored soul will drift. The unanchored soul will absolutely drift. Believe it. How many of you know that boats drift? Boats drift. Put up my boat. I drew this. This is something I do. If you need me to do some art, they probably want to hire me next door for the Sunday school. I understand. We'll try to work out something. Man, you can absolutely lose a boat right now. In, on a, uh, listen, my wife and I bought a little, little $500 boat. That may sound like a lot to you, but trust me, it wasn't much at all. And we got it out on Lake Travis or one of those lakes, Lady Bird, doesn't matter. All I know is this. We had two little old paddles, no trolling motor, no nothing. And we got out there. We we're going to bass fish. Yeah. Absolutely. So we get out there, and, and the entire time she's fishing, and I'm back there trying to steer this thing because there are the, the wind is blowing and the currents are flowing, and I am exhausted. I did zero fishing, absolutely zero fishing, because if you put a boat in the lake, you can't walk away from it and leave it there for a couple of days and come back and find it there, right? Because there's some elements that make that thing move. A boat will drift. Believe it. And like an unanchored boat, an unanchored soul will absolutely drift. Because we live in a world that is so windy and full of questions and full of assumptions and full of doubts and worry and opinions and philosophies and other people's philosophies and experiences and other people's experiences in their life. And because of that, unanchored souls can daily 
every single day, moment by moment, be subject to winds and currents. Something interesting about currents, you can't see them all the time. They're underneath and they affect our lives. And so you know it's true. It's an, it's an amazing thing how quickly people can go from being so steady and rock solid to, uh, to changing overnight. I've changed my opinion. I've changed my way of course. I've changed my thought pattern. I've changed my whole way of doing life. And it's easy, it's so easy tonight to sit here on this Wednesday evening in the presence of the Lord with faith is high and things are happening. Pastor Randy and the praise singers are killing it. And we are so anchored in God's presence and we are so happy about where we're going only to get up the next morning and to understand and open up our phones to Facebook because we know that's the first thing we check in the morning. And you flip over there and you see somebody being blessed and you see somebody prettier you, prettier than you and they lost that weight and they're bragging about their kids and your kids are not good. And, all of, and the wind starts blowing and the current starts moving. You know why this bothers us? Because unanchored souls will drift. It will drift. Let me tell you something about unanchored souls. Unanchored souls will find disappointment. There will be discouragement. There will be negativity. Worry will happen. But no matter who you are or where you grow up, you can be affected by the drift. An unanchored soul will drift. Just know it. Believe it. Recognize it. Understand that it's a reality. There's no half-truths to this. You know that unanchored souls will drift. Hebrews, it gets better. Hebrews writes, he continues to write in chapter 6 and verse 9. He says, we have this hope, this hope, as an anchor for our soul, firm and secure. The writer is saying the anchor for the soul is hope. The anchor for our souls is hope. Number two, hope is the anchor for the soul. But we need to understand what hope means before we start grabbing a hold of it. Amen? What is hope? Hope is an expectation of good. Hope is an expectation of good. Let me tell you what hope is not. Hope is not a wish. Wish is something you do when you get a birthday and you got candles on your birthday cake and you close your eyes and your mama says, make a wish. Blow out the candles and make a wish. There's a big difference between expectation and a wish. Let me give you, let me give you another example. You can wish that you are uh, expecting a baby or pregnant with a baby or you can be expecting a baby. You can wish that you have a baby or you can be expecting a baby. There's a huge difference. I can tell you about that after church. Hope is the expectation. Hope is the expectation. It's moving from wishing to actually expecting something to happen. By the way, our expectation has everything to do with our life. Everything to do with our life. Expectation sets the limits for our life. That means if you expect a little, then you get a little. If you expect a lot, then you get a lot. When you expect favor and blessing, you tend to find favor and blessing upon your life. Tonight, I want us to expand our definition of hope just a little bit, from expectation of just good things. Uh, I want us to believe and to understand that as children of God, that we know that expectation, it is, it is of God's goodness, not just of good things, because he says all good and, 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 and perfect gifts come from our Father above. So we're not just wishing, we're not just hoping, and we're not just hoping for goodness somewhere out there, but we know where goodness comes from. We are expecting the good 
goodness of God in our lives. There's a lot of people that have a gift. It's a gift of getting out of bed and turning the TV on and just expecting, I wonder what bad things are going to happen today to me and my family. I'm believing Fox News is going to give me some bad news today. I just know when I get to work, something bad is going to happen to me today. I just can't wait to get there. Can't wait to find out what kind of problems are going to happen in my life today. You don't have to live like that. You don't have to live a life like that. You can live a life of expectation when hope is present. When expectation of God's goodness is present, you can wake up every day saying, I know God has something great in store for me today. Because I'm expecting, I'm not wishing, I'm expecting God's goodness in my life. My son just had, it just turned one years old. We just had a birthday party for him. And we were opening up some presents with him. And you would think a one-year-old wouldn't be very good at opening up presents, but let me tell you, they're pretty good at it. Once he caught on, we started attaching like prize, like we're opening, we're tearing into this wrapping gift thing and opening up boxes because there's a prize in there for you. So he opens up three or four of those and we start, you know, he starts making, you know, a mess and he starts realizing there's something in there for him. And so we started handing him new boxes and before he would even open it up, he would have this huge smile come over him because he was anticipating and he was expecting Something's in the box for me that I got from Daddy. I wonder what could happen if we could go from wishing to expecting something great from our God. Every single day. I know it's simple preaching. I know this is simple preaching, but if we could somehow begin to imagine and begin to think of the good things that God has for us. All good and perfect gifts come from our Father above. Jesus makes a huge, huge example of this when he, he tells, uh, he takes, of course, everything that Jesus said, he only had a short amount of time to say it in, and so it was such a big deal, and it was very weighty, everything that he said. And he told, he told the people that were gathered there many, many times, he said, listen, you people think y'all are good, you think you're good, you think you parents are good, and you can give your kids the best. Your father in heaven is so much great. He's like a bazillion times greater at being good than you are. Hope is the expectation of God's goodness in our life. It's such fertile soil for God to work. So here's what I want us to do tonight. I want us to drop an anchor right smack dab in the goodness of God. I already know some of you are like, yeah, but I kind of deal in reality. I'm kind of a realist and guilty, me as well. But I want to challenge you. I want to push up against you and poke you a little bit to begin to think of the goodness of God, of, of how powerful his goodness is. In spite of what's going on in our life, God is good. This isn't a new thing. Many, many heroes of faith grabbed a hold of this principle years and years and years ago. The psalmist dropped anchor right in the middle of God's goodness. In Psalms 25 and verse 7, he said, without any reservation, for you, Lord, are good for you, Lord, are good. He said, listen, somebody grab a pen. I want to go on record. God is good. He could have said anything, but he said, God, you are good. I declare it with no uncertainty. God, you are good. There's no wiggle room. I'm not going to try to climb out of it. God is good. That wasn't enough. And then Psalms 23, you know the scripture well. 
David writes that surely goodness, goodness, goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David says this. I want to try to... Brother Lee, would you help me quickly? Brother Lee, would you help me? Would you help me, Brother Lee, right here on the front row? Would you help me, sir? This, you may not hear me this mic. David writes it this way. You're just going to follow me. David writes it this way. My whole life, I've been going through pain. I've been going through difficulty. I haven't always got it right. I've been messing up. But let me tell you one common theme in my life. One thing I can write about and people can read about forever. I want you to know that David says this. That goodness, every time I turn around, goodness is there. Every time... Every time I've made some mistakes and I got myself into some bad areas, but every single time I got there, I turned around and there's goodness. Hang on. Now, why wouldn't David, why wouldn't he say some obvious things? Because he had heartache and pain and disappointment and brokenness like no one else. He could have said that right there. But what he is doing, David has decided that he's going to drop anchor right smack dab in the goodness of God. Of all the things he can drop anchor in, he's going to drop anchor in the goodness of God. And he says this, goodness is stalking me. Everywhere I go, I try to lose it. I try to mess up. I try to disqualify myself. And every time I turn around, leave me alone. Quit following me around, goodness. It's tracking him down. Thank you for your help. Goodness is stalking him all the days of your life. He can't get away from it. It won't leave him alone. I want you to grab a hold of this tonight. I want you to cling to the goodness of God, the good things of God. This is an anchor. The goodness of God is an absolute anchor that will hold you. It can be an anchor to those that are going through all kinds of things. People are going through things we don't even know about sitting in this room tonight. I am preaching a truth to you about the goodness of God that will hold you no matter how hard the wind blows, no matter what the current is in your life, you can drop anchor in the good goodness of God. Be anchored in the goodness of God. It sounds too good to be true, but it is true. Be anchored in the expectation of the over-the-top, extravagant, rich in mercy, full of grace, affirming goodness of God. It's for you. Don't drift away. No matter what happens, drop an anchor right there in God's goodness. Be stubborn about it. Get angry about it. People are going to come and tell you how bad things are. Some people are going to tell you that, oh, God, it's getting bad, y'all. It's getting bad. It's getting real bad. Of course that's true. Of course there's things that are happening. But I want you to get an absolute, uh, uh, don't get angry. That would be a sin. I retract that statement. I want you to get a determination about this goodness of God. Get this determination that I'm anchored in. I'm dropping anchor right smack dab in the goodness of God. Let the winds blow. Let the currents happen. I'm going to drop anchor in God's goodness and I'm not going to move. I'm going to be stubborn about it. I'm going to be stubborn about it. Pastor Randy, help me. Number three, you can choose to have hope in every situation and every circumstance in your life. You can choose to have hope. 
You can choose to have hope no matter what the wind is doing, no matter what the circumstances in your life are doing. I can choose. You can choose. When things don't go as planned in your life, you can choose to have a self-pity party or you can just choose to have a goodness of God party. You don't have to feel sorry for yourself. When big disappointment comes, you don't have to drift. You don't have to drift. You don't have to drift into the questioning of God. Does God really know what's going on? Does God really know where I'm at? You don't have to go along with the tug and the pull of the current. Let me tell you something about current. Current has a tendency to pull people down. But I'm telling you to drop anchor in the goodness of God. It's a sure anchor. It's a sure place to drop anchor by choosing hope, by choosing hope in Him. You can choose to drop anchor in the fact that even though things are not what you want, even though you wish for something different, even though you wish that they would do better and He would come home or she would come home, you can drop anchor in God is good. And He's stalking me with His goodness. And He's stalking me with His grace. The psalmist gives us such a great picture of this. I love this. And, and does anybody besides me ever just feel like God's forgot your address? I've moved a lot in five years. So maybe when he's passing out blessings and he's passing out goodness and he's passing out mercy and, and people and the favor of God is going every which way, he's like forgot my address. The psalmist of David felt like this one time. He writes about it in Psalms 43 and 5. He says, Why, my soul, are you cast down or downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? He then gives some leadership talk to his soul. Sometimes you just got to talk to yourself. Now, I know, I know, I know. You worry about what people, some people say you can talk to yourself as long as you don't answer yourself, right? David is writing and said, so why are you cast down? Why are you so disturbed within me? And then he answers it with this. He says, put your hope, put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him. David said, I'm not going to get caught up in the worry. I'm not going to get caught up in the wind blowing and the wonder and the questioning. So why are you cast down? Why are you being blown about? I'll tell you what David was doing. He was pushing against the wind. He was pushing against the drift. And he's saying, so, 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 this is not the plan of God. God is good. And you need to talk to yourself sometimes. Just go ahead and encourage yourself in the Lord. It's not just going to go along with the feelings that he has, the mood that he has, but he's going to grab a hold of hope. He's going to begin to declare hope. I'm going to begin to declare God is for me. God is for me. And if he's for me, who then can be against me? God knows me by name. And to give God praise. Think of it it like holding your ground in the goodness of God. Get this in your spirit that I don't know I don't know a lot of things. You may not have a lot of answers to the questions of your life, but you can know that God is good. You can know that He is a loving God. He is a grace-filled God. And I am the apple of His eye, and He loves me. And I am expecting, I am expecting good things from God. My baby don't get everything he wants, but he needs to trust that his daddy is looking out for him, that he is, he's being protected, that I'm making some choices for him, even though he wants to do that. It's not good to put his hand on the dog's mouth when the dog is growling. Daddy knows best. 
Keep your hand away from his face when he's about to bite your hand like that. But I want to, Daddy, but Daddy knows best. Sometimes we got to trust. we got to trust. we got to trust. And some of you are like, if I could just have that mic, I could give you a couple of reasons right now that would make everybody in the room cringe. And I've got some tough things going on in my life. There's some disappointment. There's some crazy injustice. There's some evil happening. There's some hardship happening. There's some pain happening. Yes. Yes, there is. But I don't want us to feel like we have to explain the hardship, the pain, the disappointment that comes all the time when we don't even take the time to explain the goodness of God that is also coexisting at the same time. Yes, evil is present. Yes, it's everywhere. Yes, there's evidence of it. But there's also evidence of the goodness and the grace of God. Here's what I don't want us to do. I don't want to be forced. People want to know why, why, why evil, why evil, why disappointment. Pastor, tell us, tell us, tell us, give us a reason. Don't fall for that trap. There's, there's a lot of unanswered questions out there. But I choose to drop anchor in the goodness of God. The fact is this, put it on the screen, life is hard. It's a fact. We're dealing in facts right now. Life is hard. But it's also a fact that God is good. You can know that life is hard and you can also know at the same time that God is good. They both exist in our worlds. It's a fact that by one man's disobedience, Adam, life is hard. But also, by one man's obedience, going to a cross, Jesus, God is good. I choose, I choose, I choose to drop anchor in the goodness of God. You can drop anchor in the hard times. You can drop anchor in the hardness of life. There's a lot of examples of it. That message will sell. People will come to hear it. But let me tell you what you're going to hear at Christian Life and what you have been raised on at Christian Life. That you can drop an anchor in the surety of the goodness of God. It is for you. He knows you by name. Don't drift. Punch your neighbor and say, don't drift. Tell them life is hard. But God is good. You can be anchored in the hope and expectation of God's goodness. You can be. Don't let anybody move you. Don't let problems move you. Don't let hardship move you. Don't let what you don't know and don't understand move you. I could point some people out in this room right now that it could blow your mind with what the storms they've gone through. And the only thing, when nobody could give them answers... When nobody could make sense out of it, no, no pastor could point to a scripture. The one thing that anchored them, the one thing that kept them steadfast, that kept them unmovable, was the fact that they were anchored in the goodness of God, that life is hard, but yet God is so good. God is so good. David said, I'm not going to let my environment, I'm not going to let people say, I'm not even going to let bad theology, I'm not going to let other people's bad theology move me. I want to tell you, CLC, be anchored to the goodness of God. God's goodness will never fail you. It will forever stalk you. You will never outrun it. 
you will never find yourself turning around and finding judgment on your door. As long as you have breath in your body and the doors of this church are open and this pastor's in this pulpit right here, you're going to find the goodness of God present in this house. I know that to be a fact. Let your hope be anchored in the hope of God's goodness. Stand with me tonight. And as you're standing, I want you to think about something. There's some people in here tonight that I've preached to that you have remembered. You know that this is what kept you. Some in here tonight, you know what it's like to drift. Let me tell you something about drifting. It doesn't mean that you're a sinner. It doesn't mean that you have sinned. It just means that you have been blown around by the winds and the currents of life. Life happens. Life is hard. But I want to encourage you tonight, right now, while every hat is bowed and every eye is closed for just a moment, I want you to consider your soul. Do some soul talk right now, like David. Soul, why are you cast down? So I want you to think about something. Am I for sure anchored in the goodness of God? Do I have to have it all figured out or can I put my trust? Can I put my hope? Can I bet the bank on the goodness of God? Is my anchor set deep? Is my anchor set deep in the powerful, the goodness, the stalking, the unbelievable goodness of God? Some people in this house have felt disappointment already in 2015. I've come to preach to you that God is still good. Some of you, you've gotten a few phone calls from doctors in 2015, but I've come to preach to you that your anchor can be absolute. Your hope can be absolute by placing it in the goodness of God. You don't have to be blown around by the winds of the world. You don't have to be blown around by the thoughts, by the cares, by the theology of the world today. But you can rest, you can hold, your anchor can hold in the presence and the power of the goodness of God. If you're hearing what I'm saying tonight, I want you to lift your hands. That concludes today's podcast. Visit clcaustin.com for the latest news, to register for an upcoming event, or to support the Christian Life Ministry through our online giving portal. Thank you for listening.